The Morning Brew is brought to you by West Rock Coffee. It's time for your morning brew. Grab a cup of joe and get caught up on everything you need to know. Here's Schlereth and Evans. A special back in this league. I mean, he has been for a while now. I mean, that stiff arm everybody talks about. I mean, it's real. Um, he times it up perfect. He, he knows, uh, you know, he's got great vision. He's able to run, uh, break tackles. Uh, he's niftier than you would think, too, as big as he is. Derek is special. You really can't stop him. You have to try to contain him as much as you possibly can. You know, I was thinking about this as I heard one of our promos that was running yesterday. And it was about uh, Chase Edmonds now being here and how do all the running backs how do they slot? You know, how how does how does the role now play out for Edmonds? How does the role play out for Latavius Murray? How does the role play out for Melvin Gordon? And I'm thinking, boy, talk about an example of the NFL overthinking things. Take a look at a guy like Derrick Henry, the workhorse running back, the guy you don't have to worry about. This is our guy. Do you do you pine for the days? Of the, the, the workhorse one running back. We all know who the guy is. Here he is. Come get a taste. Yeah, the, the other thing that's interesting about those guys, Mike, is a lot of times when, you, when you're when you starting to run, when you run the ball really well, like I'll go back to, to our days when we were running the ball exceptionally well. You know, we had the, the bell cow and Terrell Davis. But the thing is, is that everybody tries to defend you a little bit differently. So... You got to put up with a couple of two-yard gains, right? And your coaching staff has to really embrace those two-yard gains. It's a change of philosophy. As long as it's a physical two-yard, you know, smash-mouth type of play, you know that that's going to have its benefit. And you know that your players are going to figure out exactly what's going on, how they're playing, and then you're going to talk about it on the sideline, and then you're going to make these micro, tiny adjustments in the way you take off or the angles you take off or the way you stick to a double team or whatever it is. And the next thing you know, you're gashing that team, gashing them. But unfortunately, in today's game, most coaches want to just go, oh, two, three, two-yard gains? Screw it. We can't run. Let's throw it every down. Like, that's the way they are. And that's where having a bell cow guy that you can rely on, that you can trust, that's where having that guy is a benefit because it makes you adhere to what you are. It makes you adhere to that identity. And that's a that's an issue around the league. Next on The Morning Brew. I mean, I don't know the whole full uh, landscape of it, but I think definitely in the passing game a little bit, you know, the short intermediate passing game kind of getting me outside the backfield, trying to utilize me in, in space against linebackers. I think that's like the starting point. And then just from there, just kind of building on that. But uh, whatever my role is, you know, I'm going to accept to my full ability. All right. Now back to reality. The Broncos do have three running backs. That's Chase Edmonds, the newest one, who you like a lot. Yeah. Okay. Tell me how you use him. Starting this week, how well, are they going to be used? Yeah, I you know, he's been he's been a guy in second down along, third down along, get him out of the backfield, like been a, a kind of a, a scat back guy. I think he's got enough juice to actually, you know, to actually run the ball a couple of times as well. But he is he has kind of been that that change of pace back, that third down type of back, that out of the backfield, isolate him on a linebacker type back. So that's kind of how I envision them using him. Um, in this offense, you know, you got a third down and six. He's a guy that uh, you may be able to throw a little Texas route underneath and get him the ball and, and give him a chance to bring a tackle or two. Next on the morning, bro. Val had surgery, is having surgery on his ankle. He's going to miss approximately a month. 
um, give or take. Um, Bo Byram has uh, injury and he's week to week. It's uh, yeah, lower body and Gerard, same thing. He's going to be day to day as well. You want to know why it's so hard to repeat as a champion? Injuries. Injuries. And boy, the Az are getting hit with them right now. Mm-hmm. Valeria Nechuskin, out a month, ankle. Gabe Landeskog, already on the shelf for at least another couple of months. Looking at a mid-January return. Darren Helm hasn't played for the Avs this season. And as you heard, Bo Byram out week to week. Sammy Gerrard day to day. Hey, what, what does this mean for how and what our expectations should be for the Avs, let's say between now and the new year? I listen, I, I think it's the for for me it's the same. I mean it's the same as it's always been. But like they're gonna play, they're gonna play to the occasionally to the level of their competition. Um but again, I'm not like this is this is just this was my expectation from day one. This is the way it was going to be, so I, I don't think it changes anything. Does it, it? It, it's easy now. It's just look, you you take it really really easy with these guys. You make sure they are completely back to 100 percent before you put them back in the lineup. You are playing the long game here, and who cares if you don't win the division? Who cares if you're up fourth or fifth? seed in the West. Who cares? Because you know darn well that if everybody's healthy and you make that your goal, make sure everybody's good to go for the stretch run and on to the playoffs, there ain't nobody who's going to want to play the Colorado Avalanche yeah. come playoff time. You're going to be some team that grinds and works your butt off all season long to get a two or three seed and guess what your reward is going to be? To play a, a now fully healthy Avs team. Thanks for coming to the party. Right. You know it's you know it's been interesting about hockey as opposed to football. And I know it was a, a short off season, but in football, it's like usually surgery is your first option and we'll rehab the surgery. It's usually not, hey, let's rehab this thing and see if then you're good enough to play. Like hockey is the opposite. Like let's rehab it, rehab it, rehab it, rehab it, rehab it. Oh, it's still not good. Okay, now we'll have so, which is probably for the player health. It's probably a better way to go. But yeah, you, know, you for look fans. At, it's like, why didn't you do this? Just right. get the surgery and over with. Me too. That just with the mentality is like, did you knew Val had? You know, you knew he had some issues. You couldn't right? wait to go under the knife. You loved going under the knife. Just, let's get it fixed. So yeah. I, I want to play next on the morning room. Horn Frogs. College football playoff uh, rankings. Four-team field. Georgia, number one. Ohio State, number two. Michigan, number three. TCU, number four. Did the committee get it right? We'll have uh, Joel Klatt will join us coming up at 810. So you tell me if TCU lined up in a neutral site to Alabama, you would take TCU? No, of course not. Then how are they? So if, if if all you're saying then is let's just put the four best teams in, just based on what we know to be the four best teams mm-hmm. under your kind of neutral field scenarios, then just give me the two top teams from the Big Ten and the two top teams from the SEC, or give me the top team from the Big Ten and give me the next three teams from the SEC. You want to just do that? Are they the four best teams? Probably. Yeah. 
I, I don't know. Where'd Tennessee go, by the way? Where did they drop off to? Ah, uh, five. Oh, okay. So they're still within striking distance. You think a, you think an Alabama, let's say if they were in the spot that Tennessee was in last week and they lost the way that Tennessee lost to Georgia, do you think Alabama would drop, especially if that was their first loss, do you think they would drop out of the top four entirely? I don't. No, they'd be, they'd be in, they'd find a way to put them at number four. Right. Because it's like one one thing. Hey, if Alabama's in the top four, it it sells college football. I don't think we've seen the last. No, of Nick TCU Saban's does bunch. not does not. I mean, it's great for TCU, and if I was you know as a a guy that supports the smaller programs, because TCU is not a you know it's not a it's not one of those programs. Well, congratulations TCU. You're yeah, it's there. Cool. But unlike those other teams that could lose a game and still find themselves back in. The top four. TCU, yeah, if TCU you goes lose undefeated. One if they uh, go undefeated oh, the rest in. of the season, they're in. Then they're stay at, they'll they stay, stay in the top four? They'll be in, yes. One loss, they're done with no hope of getting back, which those other teams can lose a game and still find a, a pathway to get how back. Many, how many teams, I wonder, I, I have no idea, but like at what point does, does Alabama play Georgia this year? So Alabama, like for instance, I'm just saying, yeah, like if Alabama said, played Georgia, it was a tight game and Alabama won, Georgia wouldn't drop out of the top four, but would Alabama, with one loss, usurp TCU? Uh, Alabama does not play Georgia this year. Okay, well, that doesn't happen then. Okay. But you know what I'm saying. That'll do it for the morning brew.